0: We're going to postpone just another Sunday and look at a different word we've been looking in the book of Genesis, but this morning we're going to go to 1 Thessalonians chapter 1. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1. I want to encourage you with the thought of how to become a model Christian. How to become a model Christian. And if people were to look at your life, would they first of all see you as a child of God, as a Christian? Then what kind of Christian would you be? And so as we go to the This book and this passage, 1 Thessalonians, it really deals with how you and I can serve God more effectively and how we can be not only a model Christian, but even a model church, amen? What do people think about Solid Rock Baptist Church? They see us as a Bible-believing, Bible-preaching church, and do they see us as having a love and a desire to see souls saved? Maybe they don't even know about us, and uh, that's probably a majority of people. And yet as we grow, we want God to bless. We want God to do something great. And I think that He can when we say, Lord, I want to be the best Christian I possibly can be. I had the privilege this week to teach uh, to teach the older children, 8 through 16. And uh, that was the first time I've ever been able to teach in DBS uh, outside of maybe at uh, Faith. I taught at Faith Bible Baptist Church in Lapeer but always kind of exempting myself and giving other people opportunity to teach. And this year I had the privilege to kind of have fun with the kids, and that was a lot of fun. But before each class, I said there's two things that we need to do. And so they're listening, and I said, first of all, we need to say, God, if you speak, I'll listen. If you speak, I'll listen. And then the second thing is, God, if you speak, as I listen, I'll obey. Listening and obedience. And so that's what I want to encourage you to do this morning. God speaks to your heart, how does He speak? He speaks through His Word. It's not through an audible voice. It's not necessarily something you're going to hear out of the sky, upon the sky type of voice. This is God, and I'm speaking to you on channel 93.6, you know? No, God just speaks, and He speaks through His Word. And So this morning, we want to go to the Word of God. I want you to look at your life and ask yourself the question, what kind of Christian am I? Where am I at my walk with the Lord? And so I pray that this would be an encouragement to you. Becoming a model Christian. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1. The Bible says, Paul and Silvanus and Timotheus unto the church of Thessalonians, which is in God the Father and in the Lord Jesus Christ, grace be to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. This thought that he gives of introducing himself and a word to the church. Then he says in verse 2, We give thanks to God always for you all, making mention of you in our prayers, remembering without ceasing your work of faith, number one, and number two, your labor of love, and number three, and patience of hope in the Lord Jesus Christ in the sight of God and our Father. Knowing, brethren, beloved, your election of God. For our gospel came not unto you in word only, but also in power and in the Holy Ghost and in much assurance as you know what manner of men we were among you for your sake. And ye become followers of us and of the Lord, having received the word in much affliction which with joy of the Holy Ghost, so that ye are in samples to all that believe in Macedonia and Achaia. For from you sounded out the word of the Lord, not only to Macedonia and Achaia, but also unto every place your faith to God's word is spread abroad, so that ye so that we need not to speak anything, for they themselves show of us what manner of entering in we had unto you and how ye turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God and to wait for His Son from heaven, whom He raised from the dead, even Jesus, which delivered us from the wrath to come. I want to draw your attention down to verse uh, number 8. And as we look at this, it's very convicting. Verse 8, it says, for from you sounded out the word of the Lord, not only in Macedonia and Achaia, but also in every place your faith to Godward is spread abroad. Your faith to Godward is spread abroad. Father, we pray that you would encourage your people this morning. Lord, that you would help us to examine our life and to see where we're at this whole walk with you. Lord, there may be one here today that would say, Pastor, I, I'm not sure if I died that I would go to heaven. And God, we pray for that person. We pray that Your grace, as sufficient as it is, that today would be that day of salvation where they would come to the truth and be saved. And yet, we also pray for that Christian that might be struggling. Lord, life is filled with trouble. There's not a single person here in here that's without sin. We're all sinners. We all fall sometimes. And so Lord, I pray that You would help that Christian that's struggling to look at their life and, and to see what they can be in the in the will of God, what they can be in the Word of God. Lord, that You would touch them this morning and motivate them to be more like You. God, I pray that You would help us all to be that, that model Christian that we need to be. We ask all of this in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. If you will, take your Bible and look with me in 2 Corinthians chapter 11. 2 Corinthians chapter 11 this morning, and we find ourselves in verse number 28, 2 Corinthians chapter 11 and verse 28, just a quick word here, as we think about the Apostle Paul, there's so many things that are going on in his life and his ministry, he's helping the church of Corinth, he's helping the church of Thessalonica, he's starting the church of Colossae, involved in the ministry in Ephesus. He's doing so many things. He's mentoring both Titus and Timothy and other men of God. He's working and laboring, co laborers side by side with other Christians, men and women. And he's doing a great work for the glory of God. And through all of this, we can say that the Apostle Paul, no doubt, was a model Christian. I think he's model for many reasons, but I think we can find one great reason why he's a model Christian. It's found in verse 28. It says, Beside those things that are without that which cometh upon me daily, the care of all the churches. That verse, it may not seem like a lot to some, but may I say that when we look at his life, the care of all the churches, that was so very important. We see a man that was a model Christian because he loved people. He cared about people. He wanted to serve God and he loved people and he wanted to see them walk with Christ. He had a goal in life, and that was to be the best Christian he possibly could be. It wasn't about how much money. It wasn't about the biggest house. It wasn't about his fame or his fortune. But for him, the Apostle Paul knew that for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. That one day, as the Bible says, it's appointed unto man once to die, and after this, the judgment. So I asked you, when we look at the Apostle Paul, and yea, even greater than him, when we look at Christ, what kind of Christian are you? What kind of Christian are you? As we look at this passage of Scripture, there's basically five things, and I want you to look with me and pull out of the Bible that really are major ingredients for you and I to become a greater Christian. Number one, look down in verse number two. It says, we give thanks to God always for you all. Boom! If you want to be a better basketball player, there's ways to accomplish it. If you want to be stronger, go to the gym. If you want to be a better Christian, here we have point number one. And it's found in that statement, we give thanks to God always for you all. What we find here in the church of Thessalonica, as well as the Apostle Paul, is that there's a spirit of gratitude that he has towards people. People. He's grateful that you're here. He was grateful that they were there. When he looked out at his Sunday morning crowd, And as many of pastors do when they leave the church building, they drive back home in their minivan, because that's what all godly men drive, minivans, you know. They do with their wife what most pastors do, and that is, did you see so and so? I didn't. So and so wasn't here. Oh, it was so good to see brothers. So and so they were back. He was back, concerned and thinking about people. And what we find here is that the pastor, the apostle Paul and Sylvanius and Timotheus, all the way here at the church of Thessalonica, they start out, Paul starts out by just stating that he was grateful, not only for the co-workers and the laborers working with him, these men found in verse 1, but he's thankful for the church. He's thankful for people. Are you grateful that your brother set him beside you this morning? You know, this morning, uh, I encourage you to pray for Miss Bonnie Gleason. I got a call uh, from Brother Gleason yesterday and Miss Bonnie is just struggling with all different types of things and she's up at the hospital in St. John's and he said to me, Pastor, I'm just really tired and you could hear it in his voice and I, and I love this brother. And My wife and I, we've thought about uh, a number of times, you know, as age is getting older and you just think about these things, it's inevitable people pass off the scene and what gap would be here at our church without them and their presence and their friendship and 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 yet, you know, you, you think about those things. Why? Because you genuinely care about. Them. You love them. They love you. I, I, I think about some of the corny jokes that Brother Gleason makes. Behind the pulpit, and he's usually in reference to Brother Klein, you know, in the bird's eyes and all of those things. And yet there's this camaraderie and fellowship and fun. And my wife and I, we years ago when we came to Bath, we went over to his house and we got some pictures and uh, we were talking about how good of a photographer he is, and uh, how he could make anyone look good because he can make me look good. He can take this old mug and switch around this, and do away with that, and and fix this problem, and and you know that crease or that line. You know, you just want to put him in your pocket and take him with you. Amen. But he made us laugh. I remember when we came to Bath and just uh, not knowing a lot of people the first time uh, uh, going out to eat with them at the uh, Rio Bravo's and just having a good conversation and that relationship developing. And I asked you this morning, do you have friends? Do you you know, the, the Bible says one that uh, has friends must show himself friendly. If you want to be a popular person, if you want to be liked, if you want to be uh, someone that people can be friends with, you've got to make yourself available. And I think so many times we're living in this this aggressive society, a closed-off society, an arm's-length society. We can communicate through Facebook. We can communicate through this device and that device. But just simply talking, we find it very, very difficult. I know in the past when I've written letters, just handwritten letters. It's not much, but maybe hey, I love you. I'm thinking about you. I'm praying for you. We missed you sometimes. That's been a lot. And people respond, hey, I appreciate the the letter that you you sent me and. All of those things. But people need to know that you love them. We give thanks. Are you grateful for your wife? Are you grateful for your husband? Are you grateful for the one that's sitting beside you? Are you grateful that when you came to the building this morning, it was cleaned up last night as VBS was ending and people were tired from a long week of work and then on top of that, the the care of the kids and trying to make it fun and exciting and yet still at the end of this thing, pulling down decorations, cleaning up, vacuuming, uh, getting things prepped and ready for Sunday morning service, people had to do that. Sometimes we thank God for them, but we don't always express that. We don't always say it out loud. We don't always show them how much we appreciate them. There's a spirit of gratitude that we find here in this verse. But it's not only a spirit of gratitude. Look at the end of this verse. It says we give thanks to God always for you all. Making mention of you in our prayers. Now it's one thing to be grateful. It's another thing to express that gratitude. It's a total different realm. To go into the a world of prayer on your knees. For your brother and your sister that you're grateful for. Mentioning them in your prayers. That's a true model Christian. When you bear the infirmities and when you bear the burdens and when you bear the problems of that brother that you love and that you care about so much that you're not just going to talk and communicate it to them, but you're going to take that thing to the Lord. if you will, look with me in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 this morning. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. He says down in verse 16, Rejoice evermore. Pray without ceasing in everything. Give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Quench not the spirit, despise not prophesyings, Prove all things, hold fast that which is good. Abstain from all appearances of evil. And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. I And I pray God, your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He uses this thought of praying without ceasing. Then he says, in everything give thanks. This is the will of God. Do you pray for your brother? Do you love your brother? Do you thank God for your brother? And then do you take those petitions to the Lord? The second thing, I want you to take note of it. The second thing of becoming a model Christian. A spirit of gratitude and prayer. That's number one. Number two. The Bible says in verse three, remembering without ceasing, remembering without ceasing. Think about that. Ceasing meaning stop, to stop. So it was always on the Apostle Paul's mind. He couldn't stop thinking about this. Let me just break it down. There are times my wife has made a good meal. I ate a good meal last night. It was two hot dogs and mac and cheese. It was a good meal. But there are times she makes great meal. And there are those times when she makes a great meal that I think about it, you know. And there's leftovers in the fridge. And I'm thinking about those leftovers. It might be 12.30 at night, but I'm still thinking about those leftovers. And those leftovers, they're saying, Pastor, come, come take us out of this cold place and warm us up and, and, and digest us. You know, they're, they're calling out to me. Paul says, remembering without ceasing. I could not get over this thought. It wasn't the norm. It wasn't just everyday church. It wasn't a normal Christian setting. It, 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 these people were different. They were different. And it was something that he continued to ponder and and, and look at and probably even meditate on his own life. They had something that I want. He says, remembering without ceasing your work of faith and labor of love and patience of hope. The last portion of that scripture is very important, too, because the Bible says in our Lord Jesus Christ, they weren't working. As a lot of people talk about faith today, but faith is not connected to Jesus Christ. There's a lot of people that have faith in spiritual things and deities and gods, but it's not Jesus Christ. That's not, you know, you're never going to be a Christian if you have faith in things that are not of the Lord. You've got to have faith in Christ. But it was work in Christ. It was work that was in the ministry of Christ. They were laboring. That thought of labor of love. They loved the people. They loved the work of God. They loved the Lord Jesus Christ so so much that it motivated them, it challenged them to do something for God. These people were the exception to the rule. They weren't the run of the mill, cream of the crop. They were above that. They were above and beyond that. They were the pinnacle They were the tip of the spear. And it revolved around these three things. I went to college at a Bible college and the president of the school and the pastor of the church, he would talk about this is the cream of the crop. And I would be sitting there thinking to myself, this guy's living in sin. This guy's cussing in the dorm. And this person's uh, messing around sexually with this one. And I could see all of it because you're, you're one of the students and you know people and you just see it. The cream of the crop's not always as creamy as it's supposed to be. And yet, there were some that were faithful. There are some that meant business with God. There were some that to this day are serving the Lord. My wife and I, we know a missionary that was on the field with his wife that slipped off into the drug scene. He's no longer a missionary. John Marks is his name, married a beautiful young lady, blonde-headed, no longer in the mission field, no longer serving God because somewhere along the line he drifted off into the drug scene and and that's where he was, leaving his family for weeks on end, supposedly doing ministry, and she didn't know what to do. Finally, God got her out of that mess and helped her. And what we find here is that some people, they get in in love with the work, but they're not in love with Christ. They get in love with the ministry, helping people. That's good. You find some satisfaction out of it, but there has to be more than that. It has to be. we, We love Jesus. He says, remembering without ceasing your work of faith and labor of love and patience, patience of hope. Sometimes it's hard to have patience, isn't it? And I've been thinking about the rapture even more so in 2020. But it may not happen for another 50 years. It may not happen for another 100 years. Man, we look at the church of Thessalonica and here they are getting into all kinds of trouble and they're selling stuff and waiting on the rapture in a sense of uh, and yet they're idle. busybodies. the Bible says. And here we find this thought of of just being patient, enduring, working, laboring. This love that we have for Christ. They had it, I wrote down, number number one, a spirit of gratitude and prayer. But I wrote down, number two, a desire to do. A desire to do. Work of faith. James says, Be a doer of the word, not a hearer only. Right? Labor of love. Look over in Hebrews chapter 6. A labor of love. Isn't that a true picture of what ministry is? Hebrews this morning. The only coffee book in the whole Bible. Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 6, down in verse number 10. (laughs) Amen. I love this verse. Hebrews chapter 6, down in verse 10. For God is not unrighteous to forget your work and labor of love, which you have showed towards his name, in that you have ministered to the saints and do minister. A couple of things to think about. Number one, God's not going to forget it. He's keeping the talent. Right? He knows what you've done, why you did it, how you did it. All of those things, God. He's marking down. But the second thing I want you to notice is that the Bible says, For God is not unrighteous to forget your work and labor of love, which you have showed towards His name. We're doing it for His name, for His cause, for His work, for His ministry. But if you love the Lord and you're going to serve the Lord, the connection is made at the end of this this verse in that you have ministered to the saints and do minister. You say you love God, but you never minister to people. It doesn't add up. You say you love the Lord, but you, 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 you don't sacrifice your time to help and to minister and to give yourself and to do something for the cause of Christ. You say you love God, but you never visit. You say you love God, but you never teach a Sunday school class. You never sing a, a special. You never take up offering. You never serve in some kind of tangible way. You never uh, go out and reach People with the gospel of Jesus Christ. You never have a desire to go on a mission field. You you never do something in a tangible way. But we, we can talk about it all day long. I love God. These people didn't just talk about it. They did something about it. They did something about it. They had a desire to do. Look with me back in our text. We see a spirit of gratitude. We see a desire to do. But third of all, we see a presentation of the gospel. It says in verse 5, For our gospel came not unto you in word only. Is it good to verbally give the gospel, yes or no? Yes. We have tracts back there. You can pull one of those tracts out and it's good to give a track to people. Sometimes that's the amount of time and all you're able or maybe in that relationship all you're able to do at that point. Just a little opportunity. Cracking the door. That's good. But if you look at this passage, notice what's even better. We're talking about being a model Christian. He says, For our gospel came not unto you in word only, but also in what? Number one, power. Power. Do you know where that power comes from? It comes from Christ. Christ. You're not going to be an effective Christian unless you spend time with God in prayer. You're not going to know how to deal with the situation correctly until you spend time with God in prayer. Having that power. And then he says, power and in the Holy Ghost. It's good to give the gospel, but give the gospel in power. Let your life measure up to the gospel. That's powerful. When you're at work and and people are living like the devil and you're living for the the Lord and people see that, maybe they despise that, maybe they reject that. But when you present the gospel, there's power in it. Versus when you've lived like the world and acted like the world and you try to present the gospel, maybe when Christ would, would... Spur you on the on the uh, 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 on, on the cuff to give the gospel. It doesn't it doesn't make as much as a difference. He says, the gospel came not unto you in word only, but also in power and in the Holy Ghost. We've been talking about that in the Sunday school hour. That thought of being in the Holy Ghost it means to be yielded to the Spirit of God. What are the fruit of the Spirit? Love, joy, peace, long suffering. Meekness, temperance. These, these things that should be in our life. When people see it, it's a true picture of Christ and what He's done in our life. Number four. Just two more things and we'll close with our message. There is the spirit of gratitude. There is a desire to do. There is a presentation of the Gospel. This is how you can become a model Christian. But number four a persistence in persecution. Look down in verse 6 through verse 8. It says, And ye become followers of us and of the Lord, having received the word in much affliction. Much affliction. That word affliction, it doesn't sound like the Hyatt Hotel to me, does it? It doesn't sound comforting. I've got a pillow on my bed, and uh, I would not have bought that pillow if it was called the pillow of affliction. These guys wear these shirts and they say affliction on the front of them. And they don't even know what they're talking about. It says, and ye became followers of us and of the Lord, having received the word in much affliction. He suffered. Paul suffered. But it says, with joy of the Holy Ghost. He did it with joy. People don't want to be your friend. People don't have anything to do with you. Maybe they... They say things behind your back because you're serving the Lord. Bear that badge with honor. Bear that badge with honor. Joy to serve the Lord. He says in verse 7, so that ye were in samples to all that believe in Macedonia and Achaia. Let me give you an illustration here. Our cult of sect, we live in Really nice people. Left and right. all around. But when there's a party in the cul-de-sac, where there's booze, they don't invite the Gregories. They don't invite the Gregories. But a few days ago, and I think I shared this with the church, we were going to church, and across the street, a neighbor came over, and he real quickly was talking to me, and he wanted uh, to just say a few kind words, and then as we were leaving, ready to go to church, the Bibles were on the dash. He, he used a, a Christian terminology that he probably wouldn't have used unless we were going to church and, and he knew that. And he said, brother, brother. I'm telling you, brother, that's good. I, I see you, brother. He wanted to unite with that. And you know what? I, it, it, we don't get invited to the parties. That's okay. Okay. The most important thing is that they see a family in that cul-de-sac that's going to serve a true and a living God. Give their life for Jesus and take a stand for Jesus. That's what's important. And when that man needs help and when that family needs help and when they're going through difficult times, they can come to a pastor that lives 50 feet away from them, 100 feet away from them, and be encouraged by the things of God because the life matches the message. That's what it's all about. Be persistent in persecution. It may be small, it may be big. And it's growing. Persecution is growing all over the world. Serve God. You can lose your, your job. What's more important? Losing your job? Keeping your job? Or serving God? There could come a time in our country where somebody comes into this building with an assault rifle and blows half of us to into eternity recant the faith or die. What are you going to do? Say you're not a Christian? Jesus died on the cross for you? Shed His blood for you? Took those thorns upon His brow for you? What would you do? I mean, this is reality. We're living in that day. Be persistent in in persecution. And then the last thing that we find is verse 5. They were model Christians because you could see a change in their life. A change in their life. Look in verse 9. This is so so amazing. This is the power of God. Verse 9. For they themselves show of us what manner of entering in we had unto you and how ye turned to God from idols to serve the living and the true God. There's power in that, isn't there? The old statement that God can save from the guttermost to the uttermost. doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what you've done in life. doesn't matter where you're going. God loves you. God cares about you. God is able to change your life Someone said, Pastor, I don't know what to do. I'm at the end of my road. I, 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 I don't have the answers. I'm struggling here. I, I can't keep the, keep the car between the ditch. And I'm just struggling in my life. What do I do? Go to the Lord. Go to the Lord. Stop trying to do it on your own. Stop, try, stop, stop trying to fix the problem on your own. You, you, you can't fix it. You've got to go to Christ. Give God your problem." Lay your problems at His feet. Cast your care upon Him. Why? For He careth for you. I love 2 Corinthians. Look over in chapter 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Down in verse 17. They were a model Christian because their life truly had been changed. It says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 17. Wherefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a New creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Are you a different man? I'm not the man I I ought to be. I'm not the man that I'm going to be. Praise God, I'm not the man that I used to be. God saved me. God's changed me. Have you ever made... Big mistakes in your life. You look back and you think, oh God, I hope no one ever finds out about that. Lord, if I could go back and change that, I would. You know what God does? He comes in, He changes your life. It's amazing how people are sucked up into ideology and religions and deities. And here they are bowing down statues. And when they come to a true and living God, they turn from all of that. Why? Because there's no hope. There's no hope in any of that. You come to Christ. Where are you at this morning? What kind of Christian are you? What kind of man of God, woman of God are you? Are you serving the Lord faithfully? Are you persistent in persecution? Are you standing for your faith? Have you given everything to Christ? Do people know of your labor of love and your patience of hope? Do they see these things in your life? Or. Do we have to send the FBI out to find that Christian that you are? Camouflaged. Hiding behind trees. Maybe here you're a good Christian. There, not so much. Where are you at in your world? Father, we pray that you'd help us this morning. Lord, to stand with you, to serve you. Lord, we know that you want to do something great in our lives and there's only one life to live, and that's a life that's given wholly to Christ. Lord, I pray that you would help your people this morning to be stirred to the things of God. Lord, that you would help your people to not only say it in word, but to do it in deed. Lord, that we would see that you are coming back, and heaven is real, and hell is real, and we need to do something in we're going to do anything at all. It needs to be done right now. Right now is the only time that we have assurance of. Right now. This time. So I pray that you speak. We ask all of this in your precious name we pray. Amen. Everyone stand at your feet.